Greetings, game lovers. Do you consume a lot of caffeine when you're farming for loot or grinding XP? I myself often have way too much coffee, and lately I've been replacing a cup with Liquid IV's Yuzu Pineapple Flavored Energy Multiplier. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks and five essential vitamins C, B3, B5, B6, and B12. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WITHPUNISH at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code WITHPUNISH at liquidiv.com. Done talking about nuclear reactors. <laughs> I could talk about nuclear reactors all day. I'm a nuclear reactor expert. No, I'm yeah. not. I'm I'm not at all. No. I mean, whenever we're talking about it, all I can ever think about is Chernobyl. Like I watched that series last year and it was crazy. But Tell me what you <laughs> learned from that. Let's do a nuclear reactor beginning to the episode. <laughs> Let's do nuclear um, power, uh I guess. AMA about nuclear power. I mean, I guess the only thing that I really took away from it was, um, and and hearing you talk about your job all the time, like I'm just always like, man, if something goes wrong, like, <laughs> what do we do in modern times? Because it doesn't seem like it's that different. And Chernobyl happened honestly not that long ago, <laughs> really. So like, I don't know. The the only thing I learned. I guess was just how fragile human fr- life yeah, is. Yeah, how fr- no, no, how fragile like the reactors are. Like, is if 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 they're not properly cooled, it's over. It's over. <laughs> it's over. Like, it's so over. So and yeah, go ahead. Um, so how do, how does it make you feel about nuclear power? Like, are you, like, against it? Or would you rather have hydroelectric power? Or what do you no, know? I wouldn't say I'm necessarily against it. It's just more the, like, what we were just talking about, how it, it kind of becomes really hard to maintain some of the older ones. And, like, if it's that hard to maintain them, what's the what's the end goal? How do you turn them off if things go wrong? Can you turn them off? Like I I've kind of always understood that you sort of can't turn them off. So what what do we do when you get to a point where there's this old plant that can't operate anymore? Well, you know. I can answer a lot of those questions and Good. Interestingly, I just did an interview at the beginning of the week because one of the problems that nuclear power faces, and like I should tell people that I'm doing this at work because <laughs> this is really funny. Anyways, yeah. one, of the, one of the problems that nuclear power faces is like bad publicity. And yeah. um, people kind of just associate nuclear power with nuclear weapons um because oh. it's the same technology I didn't, I didn't even think about that honestly it's used um but really you know or, or they have or they have misinterpretations based on like the simpsons or or different pre- depictions in media um i have not yeah. watched chernobyl 
It uh, is really good, by the way. It's, my wife did not want to watch that show because I work at a power plant. And she didn't want uh, added anxiety to like what could happen at work. Real but, quick, it is primarily about Soviet Russia. Mm-hmm. More than not, I wouldn't say more than the fact that it's a power plant, but it's it's primarily about the decisions that led it led to it being a problem. Well, that's kind of where I was going to go with what you were saying in terms of how fragile nuclear power is or yeah. seems, is that the way that that plant was built was an unregulated Soviet Union, right? Soviet Union, Russia, or was it, were they yeah. Russia by then? It was still... Actually, no. It might not have been the USSR at that point. I don't remember, honestly. So, Actually, I think it wasn't. The way it was built was with no governance um, Yeah. on how things work. And the decisions that they made could never exist in today's, at least in the U.S. and regulated uh, yeah. industry of nuclear power. There's, there's a, a governing body called the NRC, Nuclear Regulatory Committee. And I'm not sure if they might even go worldwide because Fukushima... Like that was a right. power plant accident that happened. And there's kind of like a collective now of of governing bodies, number one, and um like all the power plants together. Um there's a sharing of operating experience that basically yeah. is like reinforced throughout the industry where like if something happens, like you know, we'll say something stupid uh, a, a rubber duck got thrown into the cooling <laughs> pool and it got sucked <laughs> into the machine and it caused problems like that stuff gets recorded and reported and plans get implemented to prevent that at every at every power plant that belongs to yeah. those committees e- even if it's completely unlikely that that thing would happen mm-hmm. so like the amount of of checks and balances that we have in place for an accident is like kind of insane really yeah and and the control room the guys that run the reactor operator like at the control board they drill like like a reactor scram like the reactor shutting down and having right. an accident they drill those right. scenarios and they drill like a hurricane hit plus world war 3 happened Plus, there's a tornado, and they're all striking, and unit one's down, and and the other, and like they, like it's these catastrophic events that they prepare for, so that we have like, um, yeah, plans, okay. plans and stuff in place, so that it's not going to turn into like a, a war zone. Uh, right. I can tell you that there is um, part of my job as I, I'm a radiation technician, so it's like kind of measuring like levels of radioactivity in the plant, around the plant, with the workers, with parts of the or the, or the machine that is the, yeah. is the plant. Um, part of my job is to, in a design or in an accident scenario, we predict based on, like, what equipment's failing. We have software that will predict, like, what kind of release would happen to the environment. Mm. And then we have, you know, we, we contact, like, all the surrounding areas it's kind of interesting because beaver valley power station is like right in between pa west virginia and ohio so there's three three states governing bodies that we're dealing with in terms of all that so it gets kind of crazy but then you know they have 
they have plans for up to a 25 mile radius around the plant like what the evacuation suggestion should be are we going to distribute thyroid or uh potassium iodide which like gets your thyroid so people don't right. get absorb the radiation and then me physically i'm driving around in a van with <laughs> with radioactive instrument or with like uh instruments that can measure radioactivity to try and determine like what the level of the release actually is in the environment. Yeah, okay. So there's a lot of day-to-day stuff that happens to prevent the kinds of things that you would have seen in Chernobyl to keep Yeah, because keep most of it mo- most of the problem was they were trying to like hide yeah, what hide was going everything on. was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it's which it's, is fascinating it's not it's not like that we have like a whole we have like a whole team that's job is to relay information to the news and the public and the and the government so that stuff doesn't get confusing yeah and you know there's all all kind of stuff in place but to answer your other questions no you can't just turn off a nuclear reactor i didn't think so um if you lose cooling uh, it's called a reactor scram they have to shut like if we lose any kind of cooling, they shut the reactor down to prevent meltdowns. Mm. So I don't I don't want to say a meltdown's impossible, but it's pretty it's pretty impossible. We we're, the plant is right on the river, and they'll draw the river right into the right yeah. into the building and just dump it on top of everything to keep it to keep it cold. And if if we would need to get rid of that water they just dump it right into the river oh no really well i mean like yeah (laughs) are you allowed to say that i don't know i mean this is this is like this this is like design or uh is that are you under nda to not reveal that this is like in an accident scenario where it would be it would be disaster anyway do you know what i mean like it would be in the river apart from so I don't know. It's it's it is really interesting and like it's a I don't know. It's a thing I think people should could use more knowledge on. I, like nuclear oh, totally. power, nuclear power is the, the most we're cleaner than any other form of energy like in terms yeah. of environmental impact. Mm-hmm. And we're, it's more reliable. So like, you know, if you're wind power or thermo power or solar power, you're relying on like there to be actually wind or there to be right like flow of water and all these things and like we just run as long as Mm -hmm. as long as the machine you know is working and we have we have as long as the reactions are happening yeah 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 so yeah it is really interesting and it 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 is something that like even in like school and engineering school like never really talked about any of it um it's you you have to like know you're going into that probably to even get exposed to it. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> physics is uh physics and health physics is where I would say you would get the most like Yeah. Like that field. So we we dabbled because of radiation. Yeah, we dabbled with Mr. Couch in physics. <laughs> and yeah. then uh you would go like health physics route which is like medical and then you start getting into how it affects the human body and right. like how it works with atoms and different things like that so 
Yeah, I'm curious how accurate any of the radiation stuff was in the Chernobyl series because it's so awful. <laughs> like, I think it what like, happens based to on some people. Talking to my peers, oh, I don't. Yeah. You mean like the radiation sickness and stuff like that? Yeah, like how and and the the massive amounts that people were exposed to in the yeah. immediate aftermath of that, and like was everything that happened to them accurate in that series like yeah. how they portrayed it and stuff yeah i think but. so what i what i've heard from people is that like a lot of the instrumentation and discussions and stuff they're having is real real on point with what we do so that's cool i, I would, would hope be, so i would be surprised for them to like be adding graphic horror <laughs> mutilation in, then to, again, in there for entertainment's sake, but I guess you can you never know. I wouldn't with, be uh, surprised, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. But it is it is on HBO. It's premiere television, so I would that hope means that means everything is homework. true. Yeah, yeah, and it's the people that did the Last of Us series. So, you watch that? Last of Us? Yeah, yeah, we did. I thought it was pretty good, actually. I don't. Yeah, I guess it never came up on here. This is a video game podcast. Are you going to watch season two? <laughs> this is a good. Uh... Uh, this yeah. is a good dovetail into what the podcast is actually about. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is the with Punish Games cast. I'm Nick, joined by uh, radiation S- technician AJ Suave. I was going to say Spooky Suave. Spooky Suave. Uh, nuclear Suave. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that series was good. We didn't talk about it on here, I don't think. And I watched it with Rachel, my fiance, and she doesn't play video games but like it was a perfect thing to show her like video games do have stories you know like and can be pretty interesting stories so um i well, thought it was good i thought it was a good adaptation and i i'm looking forward to seeing how they do part 2 especially cuz i didn't really like that game was it an eye opening experience for her so i actually thought it was one of those situations where, like, I've always had the ending of The Last of Us in my head as, like, one of the best endings in terms of a narrative. What, else, it's what so... else is up there? Bioshock? Um, Bioshock. Yeah, I think at the time, Bioshock is probably a good one. I like, I, I, I like Metal I, Gear. Metal Gear. I don't have a list of that. Off the like off yeah, the no, cuff, I'm, I guess. I, I'm just asking you to relay your, your instantaneous thoughts. But go ahead. What... You always but, thought the ending stuck out in your head. Didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. Yeah, because because it's like really dark. Yeah. Like it's a like it's not a good it's not a feel good ending. And most things don't end that way, yeah. especially like high budget mass audience things. And so like it was one of those situations where like as we were leading up to the end of that, it was like, ooh, I know what's gonna happen. You're and I'm watching. Up to it in your head. I'm watching. I'm watching Rachel for her reaction. Like, does she get it? Like. Yeah. Did did that have impact? And that's one thing that I sort of think the show didn't land <laughs> is that conversation between Joel and Ellie mm-hmm. <laughs> because I had we had to like talk about it and kind of explain the implications of it a little bit. But it was still really cool to see it. So speak, speak of speaking of oh, yeah. speak of the devil. Hello, I didn't want to call her the devil. <laughs> <laughs> the the end of Last of Us. Yeah. yeah, we're talking. We're talking about it briefly. Cool. Yeah, You're recording. we are recording. Oh, hi. Hello, 
your debut. Well, welcome to the Whiff Punish Games. I don't guys. even know. If, yeah, I don't even know <laughs> if you can hear on the recording actually, but um, I think yeah. uh, one of the, I don't know. I didn't watch the show. I didn't feel the need to watch the show. My wife wasn't interested in watching another zombie premiere television show, so we didn't watch it. But I think yeah. one of the things that's unique to video games as a medium and that made that story more effective you might feel this way you might not is that you play as joel in the game and so you have like a personal like it feels like you are making the decision it feels like you are kind of um attached to ellie in a way like you Mm. went through this this adventure with her um and I, I feel like you're kind of connected, therefore, a little more because the very performative like function of you playing the video game, you being the one to essentially, sure. spoiler spoiler alert, go through the hospital at the end of that game and slaughter everybody right? in, in, the, in the name of protecting her. It, it makes it more weighty. Like it makes that, yeah. it makes that you know, like I, I'm doing this, you know what I mean? Like, I'm doing this for the one I love. Yeah. I and remember so, people being critical about that, actually. Like, for in terms that of the game? Re- yeah, for that oh, reason. Yeah. They, they, they like, felt I like they identified with them so much that they felt like it wasn't fair that they had to be forced into that decision. Again, a reason why I like it <laughs> is that it wasn't left open-ended, kind of, because it's not I, I absolutely what it was think, going for. I, I mean, I'm speaking for of the director's intent right now so you know this is my own interpretation but i absolutely think you're supposed to feel the consequences of that decision and like Mm. i think last of us in general the last of us us is in the title like i think that's what the game is like even moving on to the second game which a lot of people didn't have problems with you you know it, it purposely flips you back and forth character perspective wise i think to kind of feel those like it makes you perform the things and it makes you deal with those those decisions and like it makes the death screams of everyone that you murder <laughs> like even more um you know like it's meant to disturb you kind of in a way that I think other games don't really really yeah. try to do yeah and so like I I don't didn't believe that a TV show would be able to elicit those same responses out of me and mm-hmm. and that's kind of why I like didn't really care to watch it, but you know that's why I asked when I think when um brought it up. yeah I think it did it my as, whole thing as well always, as it could yeah my whole thing has always been that like the current Naughty Dog thing of Uncharted and Last of Us is they're basically just playable movies yeah to me and I I think the Last of Us series captured that really well because i would much have rather just experienced that story as a film yeah like i i think it gets it across like the gameplay for me personally i've said this a thousand times never contributed to your enjoyment of the game why last of us is interesting yeah like in uncharted you can make the argument that it kind of is because it's a high flying silly ridiculous action thing um 
See, like, it's weird because I would go the other way with it. I would say Uncharted, like, you're divorced completely from what you're doing in a way. Emotionally. Yeah, it's very stupid. Emotionally, yeah. because, like, you're just mowing people down. It's really There's stupid, There's no consequences yeah. to kind of anything. It's, like, more of, like, a, a bag of potato chips. It's a thrill ride in terms of right. of what the game is, whereas I feel like Last of Us is is trying to draw on your human emotions and, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think... I think as a game, that's why it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, I, work. I agree. I agree. That's why it doesn't work is because you we've we've spent forty years playing video games where you kill people. <laughs> like it's not that's not like some novel thing, you know. It wasn't some like new adventure, you know. It the context might be slightly different, but yeah. So I do think the show was good, and I think it's worth watching. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um. I I think uh, the acting was really good. Like, they pulled all that off really well. And um, they gave a little bit of context to stuff that's not in the game, too. Oh, nice. Which is cool. Like, a like world, some extra world-building stuff that they don't include? Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. like, there's, like, there's stuff that you can get, like, through reading like, notes and environmental mm-hmm. things by playing the game, or while playing the game, but seeing it now then brought to life and actually you can easily jump in and out of it without breaking the I'm Joel all the time thing, you know? Yeah. Well, cool. Video games. Video games are good. We like video games. Video games are good. I have some, we have some good ones to talk about this time. I think we do. I don't have much to contribute this episode. This is the part where we run down everything that we've played 20 minutes in. We're going to start talking about video games. This is a video (laughs) game podcast. Yeah. Um, I had to bring some extra stuff to the web or the website to the episode because I only have one game in terms of contributions. Um, I don't have a ton either, but I kind of want to spend some time on one of them. Okay. Um. So I think we should we should talk about Baldur's Gate. This is episode. that is that the one you want to spend time on? Potentially, unless right. you don't. No, that's good. Just don't uh, don't spoil too much story for me. Is all I'll say. Oh, I don't. I I won't. Um, I'm not very far in that I'm game. I'm kind still. of interested to pick your brain about it, actually. So that's good. Yeah, I finished Armored Core for good. Yeah, I completed the everything time. the third time. It took me three playthroughs. Um, and I want to talk about that real quick again. And I started a new game that's like just an indie game, but it, I do think it's really cool. Uh, Dredge. I don't know if you've seen anything about that no. over the course of the year, but it's neat. We'll talk about it. All right. And you finished Mortal Kombat. Oh, that's right. We did finish. The, I did finish the story for Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Did you love yeah. the ending? I thought it was fun. I thought it was stupid, but it, I thought it was fun. It's yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I the the funny thing about Mortal Kombat is like I watch the Combat Cast episodes where they have like developers that talk about the release of the game yeah i feel like you know and they're guys i think that have been working on the series for a long time like they've all mm. been ed boone's been the guy well yeah the guy yeah um so i think the team has been there you know even through the company changeover that when they went from midway to warner brothers different things like that yeah um i just think they're so into their own lore and and story and like it's fun as a fan because if you were along for that ride it's like fun to see those callbacks but it's also kind of like a little bit 
tired um, at this point. I <laughs> uh, just like we have so much, so much, uh, in culture today. We have so much like I'm just gonna remake the old thing, yeah. and like I'm a fan of that like a lot too. But it feels like it feels like a failure, a failed chance to pre- give something new and innovate a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like I complained about that a little bit on the last episode when we talked about, which the more I've thought about, it, it's kind of stupid. Like if you look at the Mortal Kombat One logo, it's literally the Mortal Kombat Eleven logo where they took the one from the Eleven logo and put it right <laughs> in. So it's like I think they were on purpose telling you like this is Mortal Kombat Eleven Two. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Eleven Two. Yeah. So. I don't yeah. know, maybe I misread the, the box art a little bit, but, you know, I still think, like, I th- I still think it's, like, sa- it's a safe uh, decision, a lot of it, for them to, to go back to the timeline mm-hmm. goofiness and, and like, I, I appreciate lore reasons for all these variations of fighters to be showing up, and, like, that is a fun way to call back to older games. Like the old 3D era games that were kind of the focus of the of the of Mortal Kombat one, but yeah, I don't know. I'm like happy and sad about it at the same time. It's kind of yeah. Like I guess I had a similar reaction where, as it started leading up to the end of the story, like we're talking about story mode. Um, <laughs> when it when it just randomly went to the one realm. And there were like hundreds of other copies of the characters. You're like, oh, we're like, doing this now, huh? I was like, this is this is where this is going. So, so this isn't really like. And and I had the really cynical reminder of Injustice Two. Mm-hmm. So like, I know Injustice is the DC universe, and I'm sure that the whole multiverse thing is a DC trope at this point. I don't know shit about any of that. I would say generally it's a trope in comics because it's a way they for them redo for, them. to facilitate multiple versions of the same yeah. characters, multiple universes without them having to like really make them make sense. They can just kind of say, you know, yeah. we have a side note. The movies are starting to dip into that too, which is another frustrating thing, but, but yeah, um, go ahead with what you're going yeah, to say. So like, I, w- I was very cynical of Mortal Kombat. As soon as I like understood that it was doing that, I was like, oh, really? Yeah. But then it was kind of like still fun because the way that they did it was they just mashed characters together. Yeah, they did it real tongue-in-cheek. It's really goofy. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was really goofy. So, like, they're like, like, if we're going to do this, we're going to lean into doing it and do it the right way kind of. So like, Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't just like another skin of scorpion yeah or whatever it was like scorpion plus reptile yeah like they were like weirdly merged and and that was kind of impressive actually like i wonder how many of those exist yeah because i replayed it in the game i replayed it with the other character and i got completely different ones on the i i i didn't replay it but i played a couple fights and um went back because yeah. like it didn't save per like the right way or something, so I had to like start it again. And they were all they were different. And again. they were all different. Yeah. yeah, like they were all different again. So I I really wonder how many of those they have because that's a whole like putting those together sounds difficult, especially because they were all animated and and drawn as like mashups of those characters. Like yeah. I don't know how they could combine them in a um procedural 
way unless they figured that out and if they did that's amazing kind Mm of but yeah i don't know i don't know about nuts and bolts i just i was like interested in the like new versions of the characters and to see like we have Mm. a new version of this universe kind of and instead of them telling a story in a new universe they kind of like make the story turn into well it's still the same as the old universe it's all it's all you know what i mean like you, yeah. you almost don't get the new thing because they do the old thing a little yeah. bit. I so. was, I would say it actually kind of felt really vanilla because of that. Yeah. So because, like, because they decided to just go back to the timelines, or because they were, I don't know. They what went back me? to the beginning. They went back to the beginning, like literally the beginning, and not, it's also like twisted a little bit. To be clear, I'm not. I think the beginning that they went back to was kind of vanilla too. Like yeah. I don't, I don't. Is that what you're saying? Like I don't think it was an amazing depiction where I'm like gutted that I lost what that story could have been. But even just, the characters, like, so like I like Mortal Kombat and always think about Mortal Kombat because of the like fucked up characters. Like yeah. I like that Scorpion is a vengeful revenant. That yeah. is a guy that can rip his face off and it's a skull underneath and he breathes fire. Like. That's sick. <laughs> I don't like he's just a regular when he's just now. a dude. He's yeah. yeah, he's just a dude. Like that's yeah. lame. And even and even in what ten or eleven, where they establish how he became a revenant, like that was really cool. Yeah, like that that was a good way to do it. Now, now in one, he's just a guy, and like that bothers me per- like personally because Scorpion's one of my favorite. Mortal Kombat characters ever, but then it also applies to, like, stuff like Raiden, too. Like, Raiden is now not a god, so it's weird seeing him as just a farmer guy. (laughs) And they have a MacGuffin that gives him powers. (laughs) Like, they're like, here's this medallion, you have powers now. Yeah, so really he doesn't change at all, he just is... Yeah. Like, he might as well just be the god, if he's gonna do all the same things anyway. Yeah, it's, it's like, really weird. Some of that stuff bothered me yeah like like um i can't think of another one right away like i i guess it was cool to see because i guess this is the first time we saw like an origin of melina on how she would kind of be like baraka like that was neat. um who am i who am i forgetting like reptile and baraka got pretty good origin stories reptile i think was yeah interestingly done actually like that i can i can give praise to that for Mm -hmm. sure where like he is literally just a big monster but knows how to conceal himself yeah and like and like that's a unique thing that he figured out himself like like, no one else can really do that i like shang sung i like she i like scheming (laughs) shame shang sung too where he's i was it's the snake oil salesman shang sung it's funny kind of cool it's funny i think it's funny it's like on Um, character yeah. Like in a way that I liked. He his facial expressions all throughout that game. <laughs> like he he's so smug and shitty. There's so many uh, there I've seen so many memes. He's a good he's perfect for memes, yeah. Yeah. I think they knew yeah. what they're doing. Mhm. I think so too. So like I can't like be too upset about it. It's just it just add it just was this whole experience of like Man, we really are starting 
totally over. And <laughs> it's just it's just not like we did that already and it was cool when they did that with nine. <laughs> I don't know like what the answer is though. Like do you like I, everyone kind of dumped on the combat kids, which was like I didn't an, like them. An either, actual yeah. an act and and I think the game tongue in cheek had a little scene in there, spoiler, yeah. where they just yeah. like killed them all real fast. They killed like, them all real fast, yeah. Um it's like I it's like the you it's like the hard thing with fighting games is like how do you reiterate on characters? Yeah. I don't know. I just like I think that the answer is to just re just do a new new everything. Like make them mm-hmm. look new. Mm-hmm. And then it who it, it make Scorpion be a, a spectral remnant that's out for revenge all the time. Like why, why do yeah. we need to have? Uh, yeah, he can be that. It, it's okay. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think they need to redo them like all the way every time. Yeah, but, but yeah, then, but then they don't have material for their cinematic expensive story that they have. So it's like, yeah, they Nether Realms kind of pigeonholed themselves a little bit by that. Yeah. I think because like in Street Fighter, I don't think anybody would be like, oh, reuse old now. <laughs> like we we need reasons for that. You know, like we don't really need or, super fleshed out reasons. for. Or that. conversely, if reuse young forever, no one's like, yeah, oh, reuse just young forever. What the heck? Why is he, he aging? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why hasn't it's he aged in 30 it's years? He's mastered his hot. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, long story short, Mortal Kombat 1's story was, it was fun, but... Yeah, that's how I'd describe it. Yeah. It's fun. That's how I would describe Mortal Kombat 1. Just with that, it's that one word period, fun. Mortal Kombat 1 <laughs> is fun. I have not really played it much after finishing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, is there anything else you want to talk about with Mortal Kombat? Now I'm ready to move on to Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. I, at this point, am... I think I have, like, 30 hours in that game. Oh, wow. You guys played a lot. I've played mostly myself at this point. Okay. Our our co-op game has faltered, as expected. I kind of knew that would happen, because it's just such a big undertaking. Um, and hard to line up schedules and stuff. So I, I had my own game and I kind of planned on doing this anyway, where I had another character that I was just going to blow through the single, like the, the story myself on your, on your own game. What kind of character did you make? A barbarian, a barbarian male man, dragonborn, dragonborn barbarian. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cause I love that you can be a dragon person. Like that's. I love that in D&D as a race and um as far as I can think tell me in, how in all dragon, of Elder Scrolls you can't be one. Tell me how a dragon person comes about. Uh I do not know the does D&D a, origins of them. Does a person mate with a dragon? I do and not is know. Is that dragon born born from a woman or an from an egg? Yeah, where what's the origin? I am not sure. I bet there's uh, answers to that, probably, huh? Someone, oh, yeah. someone could probably oh, yeah. give me those answers. Oh, do yeah. I want, I get... Do I want to know? Do I want to know how that works? I'm sure there's actually a pretty simple answer to it in in the lore. I'm, I in D and D's been around forever. Somebody had to have figured that out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Dumb um, question. 
I no, I just don't know because I'm not. One of the things we should talk about with this game is that I'm not that familiar with D and D. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so at this point, I am still technically in Act One. Okay. After all that time. Um, wow, that's that long of a game. I didn't think it was. Oh yeah, but so a lot of that is up to you. Yeah. Um, I have a problem in FOMO. Most games, yeah, and especially story-driven things where I want to see as much as I can Yeah, throughout the game. So every like, conversation you have, you're trying to hit every conversation point. So yeah, and, and I'm trying to hit a ton of the map, and I'm trying to see what decisions I have to make before making a decision and whatever. And yeah. so I've done a ton of stuff that was not required. Yeah. Like, there is... <laughs> I think the main path, you could probably get through the main path of Act 1 in like 10 hours. Yeah, I if, think I have a buddy that played at work. I think he said he finished the game at like 35, 40 hours. That's crazy. That's really crazy because there's just so much stuff and I want to see it. And it's been cool. Like all the extra stuff has been really cool. So like I'm glad I'm doing that. It's just taking me a while. He went on to do another playthrough. I think that's just kind of how he plays games is to yeah is to brace through and then come back. Mm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't realize there was that much content. That's kind of good, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I haven't even got to the city Baldur's Gate. <laughs> like, I think you go there in act two. Yeah. And there's three total. Okay. So yeah. So like I'm, I'm heading towards the end of act one, which so, I still probably have a few hours in. Is there a nice narrative through line for the game? Because I, have not played that much. We started characters, which the character creator is incredible. By the oh, way, that's amazing. It's, yeah, it, I had. Were so you much overwhelmed? Fun. Um, I'm overwhelmed in general playing the game. I would say. Yeah. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But, but I, that's one of the things I was going to talk to you. Like, I don't. I I know approximately four, like looking at the screen, I can <laughs> interpret probably thirty five to forty percent of the screen what's going yeah. on. Or <laughs> yeah. And that's at yep. all times. That's since I loaded up the character creator and it was describing races to me and actions that these races will take and spells that these yep. guys can learn. I was like, well, I can tell you right now, this is information overload. And so I'm just going to pick whatever sounds kind of fun and not worry about the rest of it at all. Yeah. So that's kind of how I've we've been playing. And so that's been fun. I don't know if that's going to bite me. Like, like <laughs> we've, got, we've gotten through combat scenarios pretty fine. Yeah. And so I, I, like without any like team chemistry. Um, yeah, you definitely will have to coordinate. So I won't say eventually. we're not. I won't say we're not coordinating. Like we are like using healing on each other, and like one person makes yeah. fire, the other person dips arrows in the fire, and ki- like we're doing that kind of thing. It's just yeah. that like I don't really know what everyone's capable of. So if I yeah. don't know that information, it's hard for me to do combos because. Like, right. How? How? And like we've what? gotten, we've gotten two, we, we've gotten uh, companions like, right. Every twenty minutes, so it's like not like I've even had time to figure out who su- should be with you. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and yeah. but we're not very far. I'm not, I'm not holding on to, um, like I need to figure all this out. Like if if I was playing by myself, maybe I would take more time. Um like yeah. reading and how how things work and stuff but since we're like playing together it's more of like a 
well, let's see how this works kind of yeah. kind of thing. And uh, I don't know if that's going to bite us or if, if I, if I can play the game like that, I think it'll be, it'll be great. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not worrying about a lot of yeah. stuff either. I mean, like yeah. every time you level up and you get presented with new options and stuff, I'm just like, Picking the interesting thing. Uh, yeah, I think this will be okay. Yeah, like, yeah. Because there's one, like, level four or something when you get a feat, I think is what it's called. And the list of them to pick from is probably 30 things, and you get to pick one. Yeah. And it's just like, holy shit. You know, <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. And it's and it's because D&D is kind of ridiculous yeah, rules-wise. There's a lot um, already. Yeah. So I, I, you know, one of the reasons I like this game is because it's D&D and it has a lot of the open endedness of D&D and tabletop RPGs. But like it's within the focus of a video game. So like it it's been in early access for like years. Yeah. And so it's been play tested to hell to figure out how it should work. Like, knowing people are going to come into this game with zero knowledge of anything and be able to get through it by fumbling their way through, like, yeah, yeah, you will definitely be able to do that. And and you could also avoid a lot of things. Like, yeah. a lot of it is optional anyway. Um, I don't actually know if it scales to you. I assume it does. Because if... there, I don't think I'm getting over-leveled. Like, yeah. I've done a lot of extra stuff... I'm level five and you don't level up a ton in D and D like that's the thing is like you just, it's, it's very slow and um, I'm still having to think and like struggle through fights. Yeah. So I, and, and if I didn't get to level five by the point that I'm at, it would be crazy if it was still this hard. Like it would be, it would be impossible. I feel like so. I don't think you need to worry about any of that. Um, what what did you make? What class? I made a halfling yeah. bard. Oh, okay. And he. So looks, you're doing spells and stuff. He looks hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Spells, I think, are really overwhelming because there are so many. Yeah. It's insane. Um, the only real spellcaster I have in my party is Shadowheart. And that's just to have a healer. Yeah. And even the amount of spells that she gets, I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> Every yeah. time it comes up and you get to swap your skill, your spells and stuff, I'm just like, I maybe this will be useful. I don't know. And then it gets into a fight and I don't even know how to use that spell. Like, I don't yeah. know what it does. That's kind of how it's been. Um, Josh did a elf um, rogue, maybe. like That's good. Yeah, Whereas, like she does. She can do two actions, so like she's good at combat and stuff. Yeah, and so and good. I and I have healing spell and like different certain buffs. I like know how to use, but yeah. also you can only use like there's weird rules that I'm still uh-huh. not a hundred percent good yep. at using and like the amount of uses that you get in one combat scenario. Like yeah, you know you have camp supplies and rest. Like you can only rest twice a day, and that affects your spell use. And uh-huh. some spells are used outside of combat, not in combat. Yeah. So like all that stuff is, we're st- I'm still parsing. We're still parsing how to uh, 
The other thing that is like we've picked up everything that we've Yeah. That we've Oh the inventory come is a nightmare. And it, it is like, such a nightmare. I, I don't what am I supposed to do with all this stuff? And then he, I, he, yeah. Josh is like, I'm gonna clear it out and I'm like, I think we're gonna be able to sell some of that, so why don't we at least like wait till we get to a vendor? You can. You can just sell all your shit. You have to market to sell it. And or or you can do it individually, but the thing that I'm experiencing, because I'm playing on PlayStation, I and I wonder if it's any better on PC, where that game has a lot of bugs still. There's a lot of problems, like, performance-wise. Uh, and I haven't one noticed of them, anything on, on PC, but that's, like, I won't, five hours. It, it's, like, that, it's like a lot of it is, like, behind-the-scenes things okay. that I've noticed, where, like... Um, I mean, on the on PlayStation, there's quite a bit of technical ones too, like textures not loading, characters getting stuck in dialogue loops, not being able to finish a quest, stuff like that. But like, the one that drives me absolutely up the wall is the inventory stuff, because the inventory management is a pain in the ass to begin with, and whenever you go to pick things up, and you know it's just something that you're going to sell immediately. You're supposed to be able to pick it up and put it in your junk. They call it wares. Yeah. You can pick it up and add to wares immediately from your inventory mm-hmm. or from a, a chest or whatever. It never works. Really? <laughs> it never works. It goes right into your inventory. It is not marked for selling or as junk or anything. It is like 95% of the time just in your inventory. So <laughs> you, you still have to go in and manually do all that. And there's so much time in the inventory and I hate it. It's one of my biggest problems with the game yeah. is all the inventory stuff. So, and I can't not do it. <laughs> like you have to pick things up because money items is you, useful. And certain and items you, want, you need for different yeah, things, like, keys and different things Yeah, like things you like want... That. You need food. You have yeah. to pick up camp supplies so you can get food, so you can regen your health and everything. So you need to be looking at that. So you have to open everything. <laughs> and you need money. You want potions. You want scrolls. So, like, you can't just not do it. Yeah. Like, you have to do it. And luckily, the biggest things, like weapons and armor and stuff, you don't swap out that much. Yeah. Because... That is like one of the nice things about D and D is it's it's kind of not a loot driven thing. Yeah. Um. Even though you can technically pick up a ton of things, there's they're very not, li- they're not usually better than what you have. Very anyways. likely not worth swapping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's nice, but I always want to have money on hand because when you find a vendor that happens to sell like good shit. It's really expensive. Like yeah. enchanted items are really expensive. Yeah. And because they're rare and they're usually very specific to classes and builds and stuff, you want to be able to buy them at when the, you come across a, them as soon as you come across it. Yeah. So that's, that's my biggest complaint is like inventory stuff. It's totally insane. <laughs> so here's the thing <laughs> like, that I've totally run into. Insane that I think is a little, like, maybe this is me. But we come across, like, a conversation, I'll say, and I'm in yeah. the middle of a dialogue thing, and I there's going to be a skill check. Uh, yeah, conv- Convince yeah. this person um, to do whatever. 
I don't know how to go into my party. Like, unless I exit out of the conversation completely and then go into the stats menu and look at all the stats of all the characters. Yeah. Who should be talking to who to do that stat check? It's really hard. And, like, I don't like, like, I want to role play. Yeah. And I want to just go into the conversation and act like I would act with this character. I don't necessarily. Just, Just do that. Just, just don't do worry that. about don't worry about skill it. checks. Yeah, the only thing I do that for is lock picking and okay. whatever, which Josh should be able to do anyway as you a rogue. He should be really picker. good yeah, at it. Yeah. Um, I only do it for that. In terms of conversations, I don't worry about it. Um, I think it's kind of fun. The conversation so, was just the example. There's like a ton of times yeah. where you would do skill check, and I kind of like, well, who should I use in this scenario? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just the thing that I've noticed where it's like, yeah, hey, this is kind of cumbersome and I'm it is. not sh- I'm not sure like how to look up everything and then Yeah. Um Yeah. I I would say mostly don't worry how about I it. how I handle games like this is I just roll with the punches. Yeah. Um within reason. So I have reloaded a couple saves or just totally abandoned a fight like immediately if it went poorly from the very beginning yeah but in terms of like dialogue choices i don't know where they're gonna go anyway yeah (laughs) usually so like i kind of just pick something and see what happens and if it doesn't work out how i wanted it to work out then oh well i guess yeah um i will say there's been a few times where i feel like it should be very obvious a question that i want to ask or like where I want the dialogue to go and it doesn't have that. And I'm just like, really? Like we're just immediately jumping to conflict. Like yeah. that, like sometimes it just immediately goes to conflict and I'm like, okay, I don't, that doesn't really make any sense narratively, but yeah. sure. So I've had, a have had a few issues like that, but if you're trying to like persuade somebody to do something and you fail it, I think that's funny. Yeah. I just wish they um man, I wish your character was voiced. I it drives me yeah, it's, it's totally kinda... crazy that they're not yeah. voiced. Yeah. Cuz I just can't, I can't help but compare this game to um Mass Effect. Mhm. And they should have voiced the character. Like yeah. I understand it's role play and picking a voice that would be appealing to everybody would be really difficult. You have to read the voice in your character's voice. And then, yeah, but you don't get to do that because all they have is the, a like very quick selection of a sentence. And then it doesn't say anything. Yeah. They just respond to it right to there. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't, that doesn't work for me personally. (laughs) So I don't know. Um, I don't want to be negative. I love this game. I don't want to be too negative. I do really like this game. I'm having yeah, so a blast. What do you like? Tell me, let's go. Let's let's get off the. Uh, these are just the. This is just the things that you notice when you first start playing because it's big, yeah, dense, like uh, R RPG RP. Focus on RP, not not radius protection. Role playing, <laughs> uh, game like there's a big focus on that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really like so like Divinity. I really like their combat system. Yeah. I love the open-ended tactical stuff. Like, it's not yeah. stuck to a grid. I think that's great. I think the D&D 
system on top of this is a little weird and takes some getting used to where like you have a main action and a bonus action and, and it the doesn't bonus really make action, sense which one's which kind of unless you like just hover of, over it and look yeah it kind of doesn't and the bonus action is always like it it's called Useless bonus action bit. for a reason because it's you shouldn't rely on it and it yeah. can't do that many things yeah um so it kind of feels like you don't do a whole lot of stuff per turn mm-hmm. which is you know it is what it is but um and it gets better as the game goes on. Like yeah, when you get more stuff to do. Once you and once you get to a certain level, like some classes can attack twice. Yeah. So like that's really nice. Like I'm at that point, and three of my characters can attack twice, so it's amazing. Um I really like that. I like I think it's absolutely insane how they've adapted the open endedness of D D to a video game. Because, like, in Divinity, Divinity was very open-ended in terms of, like, what could happen in the environment. Like, different things could explode, or materials could be on the ground, or cause different statuses, or depending on the position of somebody, that would, you know, cause something new. But, like, D&D has all these other things. Like, you can push people. You can pick up a thing and throw it. Yeah. Uh, Like, weird shit like that can be really funny. So, like, if you're on... Like, you can set up situations where maybe you push a thing off a ledge. Like, you push a character off a ledge and just kill them immediately. You know, like, you can you can force stuff like that if you, like, maneuver yourself mm-hmm, appropriately. Correctly. Yeah, or, like, you can pick up a corpse and throw it at somebody and it'll knock them back. And yeah, I they love might... how you can just pick a corpse up into your inventory. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like you can just, you can, you can do Joss some was really just silly dropping things. corpses from the Nautiloid on the beach when we first landed on the, I was like, what, what are you doing? And then all these <laughs> bodies that are disappearing. He's like, I had all these in my inventory. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it is really funny like that. Like you can drop like height makes a difference in terms of, uh, yeah, fall damage usually jumping and stuff like that yeah like you can jump around like usually usually height only matters for like ranged things in video games but like if you're above somebody you could theoretically drop a heavy item on top of them yeah you know and that would do damage and it might knock them over and then they're prone and then they miss their turn and you know it it is really really impressive in that regard so it's kind of fun mess with the system yeah, just to see what happens every time. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like the world. Like, one of my biggest problems, or one of my biggest regrets of not really liking D&D is not getting to be in the universe. Yeah. And now here's a really good way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's cool. Yeah, I've really of, enjoyed the characters. Of, the the Mon Flayer worms going into your eyes is like one of what the a, most what brutal a, what a openings great, of a video game. Yeah, game. what a great opening. It's wild. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, like and it's cool that this story is around mind flayers and stuff. Like yeah. it's really dark and fucked up and it's 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 not shy about being really it's really mature. Yeah. <laughs> um I, I think that's also really cool it's not it's not meant to appeal to children and get them into dungeons and dragons like yeah. this is an adult oriented D experience thing. yeah 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 uh 
yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm really really enjoying just seeing what happens mm-hmm. all the time. Like there's been some pretty strange situations and I and it does feel pretty variable. Like it matters who you have talk to people. Like yeah. not just for skill checks, but like um like if you don't have a certain character in your party when some situation happens, you might miss out on an entire yeah, thing. Or we noticed or, that right right at the beginning there was like a brain uh like a a brain crawling around yeah. that we yeah. convinced to walk with us and yeah. the characters on the ship were reacting a specific way to us and then we killed the brain on accident. Josh killed it on accident and they reacted a different way. So yeah. I don't know. It was it's I can see what you're saying, even in the small snippet of the beginning of the game. Yeah, I mean, whenever, um, like, once you start getting into the more, like, the missions that push the story forward, like, yeah, I kind of really want to see how different it could be. Yeah, like, with another playthrough, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So let me so, ask you, you played a good bit of Divinity. Somewhat, yes. Yeah. But you weren't driven to play Divinity on your own. No. Not really. I had started a game on my own originally, but didn't get very far with it. So, like, do you think you could go back to Divinity and play that, or do you think... I've thought thought about that. Yeah, I have thought about that a lot, actually. I think the thing that's missing... Some of the systems are obviously different with Divinity, and, like, some of the stuff you talked about being cool here, like, it doesn't exist really in Divinity. Well, the fact that it... The fact that... Baldur's Gate is much more like a Bioware game yeah. where you zoom in on conversations with people and their faces are animated and yeah. it's it makes a massive difference for me. Okay. Like I have no problem reading dialogue and being zoomed out and just talking to characters. That's I've played plenty of games like that, but Divinity does not have that. Yeah. You do not zoom yeah, in just all face text. to face. Yeah. It's not dramatic like that. Yeah, it's very, yeah. it's very, it's it's literally isometric, very high above yeah. everything that's happening. Yeah. Um. I think I could go back to it and probably enjoy it now, though. Like, especially kind of like forcing myself with Baldur's Gate to just deal with Larian's inventory shit. <laughs> um, that was one of my big problems with Divinity as well. Is like management of everything was such a pain the guy that i talked to at work that said he had played through this said he prefers divinity to this so that's why i, was I think on. divinity's combat is is better yeah <laughs> like that that's not again not to be like negative but but shoehorning the D system into a game like this is weird like it's cool and really impressive but it has shortcomings like you can only do one substantial action, mostly, per turn. Yeah. Man, that is not fun. Especially when you get into situations where you're fighting, like, 30 enemies. Yeah. So you just sit there. You do one thing, and then you just sit there and wait for a billion things to take their turn. Like, ugh. That sucks, kind of, sometimes. Um, And Divinity, most of it was just based on how you use your action points. So, like... Yeah, he was big on like doing all the character backstories with Divinity. He's like, I just think the like the game 
is... You can do that in Baldur's Gate. They all yeah. have their own stories. Yeah. I would say it's a little harder to keep track of for me. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of like... Also still, at this many hours in the game, pretty overwhelmed by everything that's happening yeah. and trying to keep track of, like, all of it and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is cool. I do... I do think the character backstory stuff is pretty cool in Baldur's Gate. Um, I haven't seen many of them go very far yet because I'm still technically pretty early. Yeah, early, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't have much else to add. We're like right at the beginning, but uh, we, I've had fun with it so far. I think it'll probably be slow rolling a little bit for us. Um, it just our play sessions like. Yeah. With it, it's just, it's not a fast game, you know what I mean? No, and, like, even me playing by myself, I'm spending so much time... Putzing around a little Reading bit. stuff. Yeah. Like, looking for stuff, talking to characters. Yeah. Like, I was really hesitant to play at co-op. I just, yeah. I, I just gave it a chance because Larry wanted to. We hadn't played a game together in a long time. And, and we haven't played our game in a while in that. So, like, we'll probably f- screw around with it a little bit. I don't think we'll literally ever finish our co-op yeah. game. <laughs> you know, like, I just don't really see that happening. So, it is cool. If you have a dedicated person or group to do it with, it can be cool. And I think it's better than Divinity in that way um, if you establish rules yeah. where... You stick together. Yeah. You just stay together. Unless you're trying to set up a combat situation where somebody can come in later, which is so cool. That that was really cool in Divinity also. Yeah. Where you can split off and kind of, especially if Josh is playing a rogue. Ambush. He, sh- he should take advantage of that. Yeah. You know. And you can do that solo too. You can split the, group the people up. up. Yeah. And get them into position and whatever. And I haven't had to do that too much because you do kind of get like ambushed in combat sometimes. Yeah, it's happened yeah. to us. Yeah. So, like, it do- or it doesn't, you don't necessarily know that it's going to lead to combat. So, you don't like prepare at all. Yeah. Um, I think, again, the D&D thing of short resting and long resting is really strange (laughs) hard hard to it's i don't want to call it hard um it's just kind of weird that like we just you know we're we're in the middle of this thing and we have to break for camp because i need to regenerate all my spell slots like yeah that's why i'm going back to camp not necessarily to heal it's so I can get all of my spell slots back because they don't always come back on a short rest. Only some of them yeah. do. And it's just like, it's like this extra step that I kind of wish I could just skip mm-hmm. sort of. Um, it is a reason to go back to camp and it leads to character interaction and dialogue and whatever. And that's like mass effect, how you have to go back to the Normandy all the time to do stuff. And like, I get it, but I feel like I'm doing it constantly in Baldur's Gate, like constantly because 
Maybe I'm playing wrong and using all of my spell slots too fast. I don't know. Or you just shouldn't rely on them as much, maybe, where you like... Uh... Right, that's what I mean. Like, I shouldn't be using those spells as much as I do. I, I don't yeah. know. But that part's a little wonky to me. Like, I feel like they could have... They could have adapted it a little differently. Like, you don't always have to go to camp to long rest. Like, you could choose to just take a long rest if you want, you know? Would probably be my solution to that. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to load. And it doesn't have to go anywhere. Like, you just do it right there, like how a short rest works. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, it's really cool. I'm... Definitely going to keep going. I'm sure there'll be a lot of discussions about it at the end of the year when they talk game of the year, so that'll be nice to be included in... Yeah. Informed, I guess. Yeah. So, you said you got two more things? Uh, Armored Core and... Dredge. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm, t- I'm typing real quick. It's all good. Um... Yeah, I just wanted to say, I guess, oops, about Armored Core again, is that that game is really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really good. And I want more people to give it a chance. Because mm-hmm. it, I mentioned it in the last episode that like it, it looks like nothing sort of from a high level, like just watching gameplay of it or whatever. But it it does an amazing job of pulling you through. I think the story is really interesting, actually. Yeah. And I like the characters. I liked all the dialogue. I couldn't wait to see where it went. All the all the different paths and seeing how the game ends three different ways is really neat. And um Yeah, I just loved it the whole way through. And I want someone i desperately want someone, someone else to, to do that it. yeah like I, I i want somebody else I to experience that because like it, it it's just so interesting and i feel like it's so niche that i think it did okay i think it's actually sold well luckily mm-hmm. because of from software mm-hmm. and post souls but like i I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people did not get very far or didn't finish yeah, it or whatever, or, or didn't or didn't do multiple playthroughs, which is totally understandable. But how it does those multiple playthroughs is just like mind blowing to me, kind of, because the only other example I have is Near, and Near did it kind of similarly. But you rehash so much bullshit in Nier where, like, Armored Core, because it's mission-based, you can just rip through it. Like, you're, you you can rip through those other two playthroughs in a few hours. Yeah. Like, it's it's not a huge time investment where Nier felt like a huge time investment. Yeah, play the whole game over again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you play Armored Core over again, for sure. You play the whole game three times the whole way through. Really? But... The first time is maybe 10 hours and then it's like four and four or something like and you don't have to really. And it probably could have been faster. I was just experimenting with things, you know, like I wanted to use different builds and weapons and stuff. But yeah, like it's awesome. 
It's my game of the year right now. Cool. I was so, going to ask. You want to yeah. golf clap it? Yes. Armored I, Core I 6. Won't, I won't golf clap yet, so. Please, please play it. I, I started looking into uh, emulating the old ones. <laughs> wow. Because, like, I kind of want to know just what they're like. Like, not necessarily play them to completion. Yeah. But I sort of just want to see them. And they're not easily playable. Yeah. They're all all of the, like, obviously all the PS2 ones you have to play on PS2. PS3 ones, I think you can play, like, one of them digitally on PS4, PS3 classics. And the ones on PS4 don't work on PS5. So, and and also Xbox, I think the, because they were on Xbox 360, also don't work on Xbox One or anything. Like, they're not they didn't on the, do the back compat. They're not on the back compat list or something. It's like, Dumb. it's kind of like crazy to find a series like that. It's like Metal Gear, you yeah. know? Like you can't really easily access the old ones. Who re- who released the old ones? Are they Konami games? Is that why? Uh... I think it's always been Bandai Namco. Uh... Um, so it's not a weird publisher thing. I think it's just probably the fact that it's niche and nobody probably felt care to renew rights or anybody like wanted them or wanted to yeah like do the work to make them playable or something is what I would guess. I don't know, but. Yeah, Armor Core 6 is great. You should play it. I will. Yeah, and then tell me that I'm way over-hyping it and it's not that good. <laughs> I don't know. I think it sounds cool. I don't. Think as a it... game, as a technical thing, it's astonishing. I don't think it will... I think it will be what I expect it to be. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was. It was much more than... I expected it to be. Yeah, is, yeah. Is kind of what I'm trying to say. Is like I it had not low expectations, but like zero expectations. And is it, it is it more than what you expected, or did you just enjoy it more than you thought? I think it was. Mo- it's more than what I expected. Yeah, yeah. I I sort of thought it would just be. Um, I sort of thought it would just be like here's a mech simulator, kind mm-hmm. of. But they put a lot of effort into the story. Yeah. And like and it makes sense. It's not like from software confusing bullshit. Like when you finish all three playthroughs, like you walk away with I think from I, software I pretty much, games make sense. I man, I don't. <laughs> I like from a high level do. from a high level from software game stories, like or the souls stories, like sort of make sense, I guess. Armored Core is very explicitly like the thing is happening to th- this you. This is what's happening. This is what happened. There's some of it that is mysterious and left up yeah. to interpretation, but generally this is the story and I really appreciated that. Yeah. Kind of didn't know that they were capable of that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. So the last um, thing, tell me what dredge is. What are we what are we, what is that? Is it worth going into? Dredge is really neat. Yeah. Um Dredge came out this year too, and it's on. I think it might only be on PC and Switch. I don't know if it's on the consoles. It might be. I'm not sure. Um, but I think you'll like this potentially, uh, and it would be a good. It's a it's it's a perfect handheld game, like 
because you could play it on a Steam Deck too. Um, the whole premise of Dredge is I'm looking it up fish- while you talk. You're a fisherman, and you you sail your boat around this little map of a handful of islands, and you're just trying to catch fish and sell those fish and make money and upgrade your boat and you know sounds pretty straightforward except over top of all of this is a weird lovecraftian twist where you don't want to be out on the water at night because you get scared and there's like this meter that you're managing of stress kind of like eternal darkness you remember that in eternal darkness oh yeah so it's literally like a sanity meter and um things are weird at night. Like there's this there's this overarching love literally Lovecraftian eldritch thing of like shit gets weird at night. Like the fish that you catch might be mutated and look really strange and there's like so many different type of fish to catch and people are interested in these weird fish. And are researching them. And there's a guy that's looking for these mysterious relics. And these relics give your boat powers and whatever. So, like, it's just this cool little, like, world to explore. And just see how weird it can be, kind of. All the while doing sort of, like, frankly tedious thing of being a fisherman. And trying to, you know, catch fish and make money and upgrade your boat. But it's like fun. I'm I'm having a lot of fun seeing where that goes. It looks cool. I like I like the it, trailer. It is cool. It yeah. I'm I'm a big fan. I played the demo a few months ago and I was like, I will definitely play this at some point and we're getting ready for a trip and I'm yeah, gonna holidays. be on an airplane. I'm I'm gonna be on an airplane for like six hours. So I was like, this is probably a good time because I'll only have my switch with me. This is finally a good time to dig into this, so um. Yeah, I've enjoyed it so far. I think it's really cool. And do you know how much um gameplay it like? Do you know how long it is? Is it like a I have long no idea. game? I have no idea. Is it like, like forty hours of fishing, or is it like I don't, a... I don't know. I they just released DLC for it too, actually. Um. So I have no idea. I have not looked that up. I don't know what how long the beat would consider. I don't know what consider what you would consider beating that game. Yeah. There there are like quest type things that you do. It looks to... like it has some cutscenes or something like that in the trailer. There there's like a lot of characters um that you do like missions for over the course of the game like you'll do you'll meet a character and they'll have like a specific set of missions to accomplish. And if I if I'm going based on my mission board it feels like I'm maybe halfway through, and I, I don't know, maybe I've played it for like seven hours or something. But I'm also somebody, whenever you can upgrade stuff in a game, I kind of only Try. think about upgrading the thing. <laughs> so like all the while exploring the game, I'm really mostly just trying to upgrade stuff as much as possible. Yeah. So I've probably spun my wheels a little bit. Yeah. Um. But I do think it's fun. It's a good, it's a good, like, the idea is that your character gets stressed and you're not supposed to be out on the boat at night. But it's rewarding to be out on the boat at night. Yes, 
but also I think it's a relaxing game. Yeah. Like, I think it's pretty chill for the most part. Like, yeah, you're stressed about your boat being attacked by some Leviathan at night, kind of. And actually, that's the thing. I just want to see what else it does. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, the ocean is terrifying. Oh, yeah. And if you just... Jaws is often listed as the scariest movie of all time. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the ocean is straight up scary. Like, I have no interest in... We're flying over the ocean for our trip, and I'm a little worried about that. <laughs> so, where are like, you going? To Scandinavia. Scandinavia. Yeah, are we're going, going to, to Nor- Norway. Are we and going Sweden. to do the metal tour? Well, I don't know what the metal tour is, but one of the reasons we're going is, yeah, to experience what we can about that. Interesting. Yeah. How are you going yeah, to do I'm, that? Um. I'm going to go, we're going to go to the, okay, yeah, let's talk about this. I'm going to go to the record store that originally was owned by one of the first, like, black metal people, mm-hmm. the guy that was murdered. Mm-hmm. So if you, I think you watched Until the yeah, Light I watched Takes it. Us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um. the movie, Until the Light Takes Us is a really good documentary about Norwegian black metal. It's a little weird in hindsight. I, I made Rachel watch it <laughs> and watching it like in a modern lens. I was like, this is a strange documentary. <laughs> like the, the pacing is really strange and some of the stuff is odd, but I would still recommend it. And also there what was she, a drum. What did she think? Is she nervous about going now? No, she was the one that this was her idea. To, okay. Yeah. Th- this was all her idea. Um, Where I'm going is. There is a dramatization about this event in the beginning of like extreme black metal where one guy murdered another guy, basically. And there is a movie about it. Um, And there was a book written about it that I always heard wasn't very good. It's called Lords of Chaos. It's supposed to be like a telling of all the events. But I would say Until the Light Takes Us is a better description of all that. However, the movie lords of chaos came out six years ago or something or five years ago it's actually pretty good yeah i would recommend watching it if you have any interest in this scene at all i didn't think it was not as bad as i expected i thought it was going to be terrible yeah but it was actually like solid um and they depicted the story pretty well i would say but so one of the things we're doing is we're going we're starting in oslo and the guy that was murdered, um, Euronymous of the band Mayhem, uh, he owned a record store briefly for a few years. And it still technically exists. So I really want to go to that. That's one stop. Um, I want to check out a local bar that is apparently like, what what would you call it? a location, <laughs> a chill spot for like metalheads in the area um, that I've heard of that sometimes have bands playing or whatever. I would like to see a show. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to be able to pull that off because it is Europe and they do speak a different language. So yeah. like it's, it's kind of hard to find information about that. Yeah. What's going on, especially for, music like this which is usually at bars scene, yeah. and is not really like super 
Oh, you're um, not going on Ticketmaster and buying the tickets. Right. It's not yeah, like yeah. marketed very well. So yeah. I we have two I have two chances of that because we're gonna be in Oslo for a couple days and then we're gonna go to Stockholm. And Stockholm's a way bigger city and has over the years way more of an established scene as far as I understand. So maybe we'll try and find one there. But the reason we're going is mostly I just want to experience the culture, I guess. Yeah. That spawned like my favorite, one of my favorite things in life, which is extreme metal music. So yeah, I mean, there's not a ton of destinations right now in terms of that. Yeah. But I think it's just going to be really cool to see. Are you a little intimidated? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Cause I, I would be, yeah. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I don't, I'm not an extreme metal like guy. So, but yeah. just like watching the documentary and, and knowing the stories behind some of the things, like I would be on my, like, I would be like, like my head's on my peripheral when I'm in these places. You know what I mean? I mean, so I have, I have spent, a majority of my post metal awareness life studying the culture of yeah metal. yeah and so like one thing that is pretty clear in hindsight is that they're just people like they, it's all it's all a front for the most part there there's like <laughs> there's like a few people that are truly crazy and really dedicated to things. Yeah. But in terms of like the general populace that enjoys extreme music, they're just people. Like yeah. it's not it's not really that intimidating in that regard. Like I would say when all of this was starting, um that was probably more of a dangerous period yeah. where like people were posturing and trying to be like I'm more intense than you are. And I've read stories about that in Scandinavia. Like it was like you, if you go to a metal show in the early nineties or whatever, you might get in a fight, you know, like that, that is a thing, but all the people that started this scene are in their forties and fifties now. Yeah. Like it's, and, and the younger generation making this kind of music is like us Mm -hmm. (laughs) where like, you, we grew up with the internet. We grew up being more aware of like everything, not yeah. just being in little circles where you can only communicate with people through yeah, like letters and whatever. So it's just like a different era now. And honestly, that's kind of what I'm most curious about is to see what it's like there because it's still niche. It's still yeah. a, it's still an underground thing. It's not, I think Europe is much more in general across all of the continent, way more into it. Mm-hmm. It's much more of a thing. Like metal musicians win awards on TV yeah. in Europe. Like that doesn't happen in America, mm-hmm. but that does happen in Europe. Um, and they're on like, some of them are on like reality TV type things, you know, yeah. like they're, they're like, judges on stuff like that's as far it goes that far which is really funny to me so i'm like i'm more worried that i've just never been to europe yeah 
just you know, traveling like, and in general yeah, like is, they is everybody a, speaks english so i'm not that worried about that part but just the that being a fish out of water kind yeah of it's thing. cool that you get to go do that that's yeah. pretty that's a pretty sweet uh thank the fiance that's pretty sweet yeah i know i was like she was like i booked all this stuff and i was like okay that's yeah. awesome <laughs> um and one of the things that we're doing that i'm really excited about uh is to get to stockholm from oslo we're taking a train mm -hmm. so like I feel like I've always wanted because I really wish trains were more of a thing in America, like to yeah. get around and taking a train through the European countryside, especially especially northern Europe, yeah. should be really cool. Yeah. 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 Sweet. Yeah, I'm Congrats, excited. man. Yeah, that'd be sweet. When are you doing that? We're as of this recording, I'm leaving in like two days. Wow. All right. Yeah. It's been, nice. this has been planned for like six months. Okay. I just so it's been know. kind of or like, maybe, a, you told, maybe you told me and I just didn't, uh, I thought I did. I probably, I probably mentioned it, but like, yeah, it's been a while that we've been preparing to go. Yeah. So nice. Did you learn any, uh, Scandinavian? I did not. I, I kept telling Is myself. Is that a language? Was, Scandinavian? It, well, they're all, they're all like slightly Germanic. Different yeah. Yeah. So like they're similar like Norway and Sweden and um, technically Denmark, which I'd like to get to at some point. They all speak some kind of like riff on German, essentially. So they're all their own language, but they're similar. Yeah. But no, I did not learn any. Well, good luck. Thanks. Get some nice patches for your jacket. <laughs> yeah. I actually was like wondering like, <laughs> it's so stupid but like dumb american poser yeah you don't want to look out of place right yeah, yeah yeah like that's that's the thing it's a, like, that's intimidating mm -hmm. yeah that's the no, one I thing that mean. i think is intimidating you can't just yeah. like show up in your white tee they're gonna be like who's this guy but then also if you wear your like your metal outfit from your american concerts and be like who's this guy yeah <laughs> exactly <clears throat> yeah so we'll see it's it should be fun Cool. Yeah. I don't have any more games. Um, I, don't I don't know. I, don't, I might play Spider-Man at the end of the year. I don't know what I'm... What I I'm, was wondering if you were interested in that, yeah. I am interested. I just don't really want to do open-world superhero. Yeah. I feel like I got burnt out on... I did God of War and then Horizon, and then I had played... Uh, cyberpunk at the end of last year right. i just like played a couple open world games in a row that like this whole year i've kind of been avoiding that and like yeah. i'm not really dying to jump back in my my time is like been at a premium a little bit so i've been putting most of it into the street fighter and fighting games yeah those are, those are something i can like drop for months and come back to right so i don't know i just if i if i I might get to it. We'll see. Yeah. I, uh, I've been in a similar position where I haven't, I've still played a decent bit of street fighter, but not near as much. And like, 
I don't know how many other things I'm really going to get to realistically before the end of the year. I do want to, um, I do still want to check out at least Starfield. I can't help it. Yeah. I can't, I can't help but want to know what a current, uh, Bethesda game is, even though it sounds like what Bethesda has been for 12 years or you think more. Liza, Liza P is something you'll play this year? I want to, again, at least try it. So I'm planning on when we get back from our trip, I'm planning on Doing getting Game Pass and and touching a few things. And I, I would it would be great if Liza P sucked me in. It sounds good. Everybody yeah. everybody I've heard talk about it likes it. Yeah. Um so I wanna I wanna do that. I uh and those are like probably the only two big games I'll probably play this year. There's a couple other smaller things I want to maybe get to. I I don't know that I'll ever get around to Dead Space, actually. Wow, really? You don't just don't feel the need? Not really. Like, like the RE4 DLC is apparently good, mm-hmm. so I could just play that. And like, I really loved the original Dead Space, but like, I just don't feel a pull to play it again. Yeah, I guess. Like maybe. I guess not this year. I Save guess like I'm not trying to something. I'm not trying to squeeze it in for this year. Yeah. You know, for our very important game of the year list. Yeah. That a lot of people look to as you know. Well, a I've taste only played maker. like five games this year, so like maybe we'll just talk about it anyways. Because my my list, <laughs> my list for this year is actually really funny because I've played tw- en- enough 2023 games, but like as far as putting together a list, it's rough, kind of. <laughs> Yeah, I could list everything I played right now. It's under 10 things. Like Midnight Suns I was playing at the end of last year. I played right. it until February. Like it was the the whole first beginning of the year. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, we'll have we'll have we'll do a game of the year. We'll talk about some highlights. Gush about Street Fighter again. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at my list again. I'm I'm looking forward to Tekken. That's that's January next year. I think Tekken looks so awesome, man. Yeah. Holy smokes! I'm excited to be like the. So the thing that's interesting about Tekken is like they don't redo the game every time. <laughs> <laughs> so like when you get good at Tekken, you're just good at Tekken for the for life. Yeah. Which is like intimidating as a new player because yeah, every, everyone that went ham on Tekken Seven is still going to be godlike but right you know. it'll be fun to i've said this a lot to like not you i guess about tekken 7 and it's that we played that game a lot yeah and i don't know how to play it yeah so like now post learning a lot about fighting games and a new a new tekken is coming yeah, it, it's like an opportunity to apply some of some of that knowledge yeah. and maybe sort of understand it a little bit because every time I went into training mode in seven, I was like, "What is happening?" Well, I game? don't think seven. I it took them forever to get to a point where training mode can communicate. Yeah, the game actually, well, not even training. I mean practice. Like I would just go into practice and look at the move list and be like, "What?" You know. Does it have yeah. a training mode? Yes. Okay. But like as far as like, you know, 
just to try in the fighting game minute, but just to apply like what your normal fighting game knowledge is, like counter hit and move startup and block right. stun and like those concepts, they're like a little weird in yeah. Tekken. Like yeah. Tekken, if you don't press anything, your character blocks. Like so so you're it's you're not holding back. <laughs> no. So you're basically only getting hit when you're pressing buttons, which like changes the dynamic of of like how you play the game kind of. And yeah. um I don't know. So so recreating those scenarios in training mode is like not easy. But I mean even pulling off how the moves work well, was weird. So the the that g- goes into that is like a lot of the moves are like you do a crouch and then when you're in the transitional period between uh-huh. crouch and standing up, that's when you do the button combination and it gives you like the move. Yeah. So like with, without knowing like kind of how move work moves work or like, you know, the, the application of a move like that would be like you block low and then you get the block and you know, you have a punish. So yeah. like you let go of the, of the crouch input and then your character goes to stand up and you do the thing and then then that's your punish. So it's just like, you know, that's a knowledge check that you just wouldn't have without, yeah, Yeah. you know, without applying, I'm going to learn into, into, and like, I don't think the game Tekken seven, like had that they had some combo trial things. Mm. I know it took them like five seasons to get frame data into the game. <laughs> so the, like Tekken eight, um, I don't know if we talked about this, but Tekken eight has a thing where you can watch the replay and pause it at a certain point. Like, let's say you pause it when you got hit. Yeah. And then the game will tell you what are better decisions, like better inputs for you to do at that specific time oh, wow. in the match. And you can play the game from that paused point and try to practice that. Oh, that's interesting. So they ha- they have like script. It's like scripts. Like uh-huh. the replays are essentially scripts for the player one and player two spot. And you can like assume control of huh. uh, to like try and improve your reactions to specific scenarios. Wow. But like the 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 and then the the complication from Tekken comes from every character's move list is like thousands of moves yeah. long. So the difficulty comes from just recognizing right. like w- what you can do from a thousand different um, yeah scenarios. And then like you add in the the walls, which every stage has different wall. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what what's the word I'm looking for? Shapes, I guess. Yeah. And so that changes like the way you, you know, you 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 interact in every level and that that gives you the whole sandbox thing and then all of a sudden every interaction is a unique interaction. So, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, I think it looks sweet. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise as of now, I don't I don't have a whole lot else. You don't either. either. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> enjoy enjoy Scandinavia. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I'll I can fill you in next episode. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, cool. I think uh I think that'll do it for this one then. Until next time. Keep playing games. Peace. <laughs>